So we are starting the recording now. All right, who would like to start with some brief check-ins? Where are you from? How are you? <laughs> Tell us how much you love the Department of Peace Building legislation. <laughs> I can start. Okay. This is Nancy. <clears throat> I'm from the land of the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> These are my Warriors earrings. And one of the games is right after the call. Okay. We hope to beat, we hope to beat the Lakers. And I love the Department of Peace Building. <laughs> Great. I'll go next. I'm Karen Johnson. I'm in the Chicagoland area, Southwest suburbs. Uh, I also love the Department of Peace Building, the idea and the thought and the work that we do for it. And uh, um, just doing good and looking forward to this call and very glad to have Kathy Kidd on the line with us tonight. Me too, I'm glad to be here. I'll go next. Uh, I'm Fernando, I'm from the state of Georgia. Uh, the Jackson County in the cities in, uh, in, from the city of Jefferson. Um, I love uh, the idea of the peace building uh, department and that's what I think it, it is a great opportunity that we might have now. And that's what I'm here for. I'm trying to push it forward. <laughs> great, thanks Fernando. Looks like Laura's waving to us. <laughs> I'm Laura. I live in Pennsylvania, northwestern Pennsylvania, which is otherwise known as the Pennsylvania Wilds. Um, I live in the middle of the phone. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, I love the Department of Peace Building, and I've been working on a little handbook for everybody to help us get a little more organized and just put some words to discussions that we've had about where we want to go as we move into the future. Great, thanks. Hi, I'm Paul. I'm Paul from Canada. I'm uh, actually with uh, Nancy and Kendra on the gamut board. And uh, we had a meeting today, a very important meeting with our um, uh, uh, UN ambassador, the senior staff of our UN ambassador in, uh, in uh, New York and uh, has agreed to uh, look into this from the perspective of a UN resolution for uh, departments of peace. Oh. There's some good progress. Right, news, wow. Paul. <laughs> That's great. Thank, That's thank great, you, Nancy. And I'm Kendra from Northern California, and um, I, what I love about the Department of Peace Building is that we're it until we get one. And uh, <laughs> working on us, on me, as being a better Department of Peace Building. Minister. Thank you. Good reminder. Mm -hmm. Karen? Yes? This is Pat. I wasn't recognized. <laughs> Pat Simon? I was wondering who that was on the phone. Glad you could well, I was, tonight. I was, I was told I couldn't speak until I was recognized. So I was waiting and waiting, and then I gave up. You're, you're, you're just permanently recognized, Pat. <laughs> Thank you. My, my email was down, so I had a late, late start. It's moved to another place, it says. Mm. Google. <laughs> nice to hear your voice, Pat. <laughs> nice to hear yours. Okay, who hasn't checked in yet? Me. Charlie. I'm Charlie. Hi, I'm Charlie. I'm in Amherst, New York. And I be. And I'm looking for ways to make the world a more peaceful place. So I be here. <laughs> and awesome about the UN thing there. 
Wow, is that cool? Mm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm Kathy. I'm in Houston, Texas. I love the Department of Peace Building. I have to remember it's peace building now, not just peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really admire the work. I've been away for 10 years. I was here the first 10, and now I just have always admired the existence of Karen and Nancy and Pat and Ann, Kendra, others. Um, so they've always kept in touch with me, and I've always loved everybody here. So I'm very happy to be back. Great, thanks, Kathy. I think that's everyone, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we will. Um, oh, here's Deborah is just joining us now. Hi, Deborah. Can you hear us? You're on mute yet, Deborah. Star six to unmute. Okay. Well, Deborah, when you get settled in, if you'd like to say hello, just uh, unmute and speak up. Um, might take her a while to get connected. Uh, okay. The connection exercise, and then we'll go over the agenda and get right into it. Who would like to do the connection for tonight? I know who I'd like to see volunteer, but. <laughs> Speak up. I'll do it. <laughs> Yay, Kendra. <laughs> so um, I didn't think about it ahead of time. So let's see. That's the best kind, just divine in the Spon- moment connection. Spontaneous. Okay, so let's, um, if you, if you choose, close your eyes, sit up straight, pull your head back, and breathe in deeply. And as you breathe out, Just feel the tension leaving your body. And feel the light in your heart getting brighter with each inhale. So that you become a peace. And your light shines more and more brightly all around. And you can see all the other lanterns burning brightly around the country, around the world of those peace builders. Who join us. And lighting up our world. Thank you. Thank you. So we will uh, 
get some updates on the campaign. Um, well, actually, let's hear from Kathy Kidd first, and then we'll do the updates on the campaign. Um, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us sure. a little about why we're so pleased to have you with us? <laughs> well, I, well, it's why I'm pleased to be here. Um, so I've, of course, been, been following the campaign, you know, for the last 10 years. And um, it was kind of, we were moving away from it at the time I left. And that's kind of why, one of the reasons that I drifted off. And I recently saw it back on the front page and we were um, working with legislation to do with racial justice. And that really energized me. And all of a sudden, you know, I found myself back here. So at the same time that I was getting really excited, uh, somebody from the board called me to ask me if I wanted to do a couple of things. And this was one of them. I chose this one because I knew Dan was stepping down. And so um, I have met, you know, lifelong friends through the campaign. It changed my life because of all the, the people I met on the campaign and uh, social workers in particular. I went back to school and became a social worker and now I'm a, a therapist that works with trauma mostly. Um, <clears throat> and so, and I, being part of the Peace Alliance allowed me to be more peaceful because it's all, I always had that focus, you know, that I have to be the peace mm -hmm. if I'm gonna be working for peace. Mm -hmm. And um, so the other reason I'm back here is to grow. You know, not only do I love the Department of Peace Legislation, the Peace Alliance, the people that make it up, but I want to continue growing. And I, I found that I grew more with the Peace Alliance or as much as any place else in my life. So I'm back here to grow and contribute and be among friends. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, for the couple people who might not have um, followed kind of the transition with the Peace Alliance, what uh, Kathy was referring to is about 10 years ago, around the time we formed the Department of Peace Building Committee, uh, the Peace Alliance was going in a different direction and focusing on other legislation and other things and not uh, primarily the Department of Peace. Yeah. Did when it Hold first on, Beth, okay. Karen? Yes? Um, this is Beth on the phone and she doesn't have the right phone number to get right. in right i tried texting it to her but that must not be her okay but would you hold on Beth? just one second let me see if i can get it do you have do you know what it is yeah okay. <laughs> um <laughs> it's 929-436-2866 and then id number 774-447 five, six, two pound. And I don't know, that's just for tonight. So she can save the other number for the future call. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, that's one of our people who doesn't have a computer. And so she saves the date and saves the number. And so our putting the wrong number on the email messed her up a little bit. <laughs> uh, Okay, thank you, Kathy, and we look forward to working with you as you get settled in as field director again. And yeah, and, and I like me too. Yeah, and uh, we're we're hearing people come back to the campaign or people who had been meaning to come to the campaign over the last couple of months. So I, I think we we have a great opportunity for growth in the coming months and and years. So um, looking forward to the unfolding. Okay, and now we've got. Nancy on the phone with Beth uh, around the time of our updates. So let's just go over some of the um, other things we talked about that we could talk about after the updates uh, is about how we might address current and embedded violence and trauma or ideas for celebrating uh, Independence Day, or we like to call it Interdependence Day now, some of us, and the 20th, 20th anniversary of the introduction of the legislation is coming up on July 11th. Hard to believe, 20 years. Um, and some of us here on the call have been here since uh, the, at least the grassroots campaign started about two years, three years after that. 
to support the passage of the legislation. <laughs> I'm sure you said something. <laughs> We're just yeah. going over what our discussion options are after we get okay. the updates from you. Do you want to give us updates on the campaign now? Yeah, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> I just have a few things. So right now we're at 19 co-sponsors. Um, so we hopefully will ramp that up a bit as we as we decide what to do in our future actions, but that's where we are right now. And then um, there are a lot of groups within the Peace Alliance that are concerned with uh, or support Department of Peace Building. And as I've been on the various calls, it's obvious that a lot of people don't realize how many resources we already have on our website mm -hmm. uh, on how, you know, how to contact your member of Congress, what to say, mm -hmm. um, you know, training and all that stuff. So to partly resolve that, Kendra and I have been working on a flyer that should be posted tomorrow or the next day. Uh, that says what to say to your member of Congress when you contact them and how, and you know, how do you contact them? So that'll be on there. And then um, Charlie's helping work, working on a flyer um, sort of talking points on why peace building is profitable. So that that's ongoing right now. And um, what else, what else, what else? I, I, I guess the rest kind of will be um, in our discussion points. Uh, just to let you know, our San Diego group is continuing to get letters from students about what peace building means to them and why a department of peace building. And um, I have sort of an ongoing thing. If any of you want to take a picture of yourself with a sign, a peace sign or peace building or something that, about peace that appeals to you, um, I'm calling it picture peace, uh, send that to me and I'll work it into some e-blasts or we'll get it onto our website or something like that. Uh, and if you want to write something about why peace building is important, uh, same thing why peace building and a department of peace building are important. Um, what else? Uh, I'm sure most of you saw Dennis Kucinich has a new book coming out. Um, it's called something like what, Department of Power and Light, some, something like that. Um, the Division of Light and Power. So that should be interesting. Um, so that's kind of some of the main stuff. I don't know if uh, Kendra, anybody wants to touch on our proposals or um, status of the UN resolution. I guess Paul really gave us that already. Um, and then our truth, rec truth, racial healing and reconciliation groups are continuing to meet and we're trying to figure out a way to weave everybody in together. So those are my main um, main updates. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Nancy. Kendra, did you want to say anything about the? Um... No. The other. Okay. Lot <laughs> <laughs> going, and we're we're just in process with kind of getting it all organized and wrapped up, and and what we need to do. Uh, so that's good. I thought we might also mention, um, I got this after we uh, sent out the reminder this morning, but that we're having a workshop, uh, Peace Summit 2021 Chicago Area Peace Action Student Network uh, is having a, a two-day Zoom conference this weekend. And we've got our session at... 11 10 a.m central time on sunday so i'm going to send out another email this week which we don't do very often but just so we have this and if anybody has anything else that they'd like to um, put out to the department of peace building network um, but it's uh the address is bitly which is bit.ly uh, slash peace summit 2021 and uh, peace summit is initial caps 
So that's how you'd uh, um, RSVP for that breakout session for people to participate. Let's see. So that's it. Anybody else have anything they want to make sure we mention about the campaign? All right, we get to get into discussion. <laughs> Aaron, yes, a question about the um, Peace Summit. So the RSVP, is that the same thing as registering? I believe so. The way they, they, they made up a little um, card for us to use on social media that I'll get out. And I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. So we have to, if we're participating in any way, make sure we register. Yeah. And I'll, for the committee members, I'll send you something they sent today. So if you're going to be a, a speaker or going to speak at it, you, we've got a separate link um, for you to use. So I'll get that out to you today as well. I didn't okay, thanks. know about that before, but otherwise, Okay. So it's free registration or make a donation as you register um, uh, and then attend the other sessions as well. And some other people who have been around for a while, Bob Cole, that's right after our um, why do I it's not muting. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, so that would be interesting. And you can see the other sessions that are happening at the other times too. So it, it looks like it'll be an interesting summit. And uh, and these sessions are uh, geared toward being interactive and learning what other people have learned in the piece work that they've been doing. And 11.10 is central time? Yes. Okay, so would we like to talk about the anniversary or let me see how we might address current and embedded violence and trauma or anything around Independence Day that we might want to talk about. The other thing I thought about and that's kind of the focus of the workshop or a portion of it on Sunday is how we, from the beginning with the Peace Alliance, had that commitment to be the change we wish to see in the world with regard to peace building. And, um, you know, Kathy brought up about how this has been a good growth um, opportunity being connected with the Peace Alliance. And I think it's mainly because of that challenge, um, that advocacy or um, legislative uh activism in the past or traditionally has had, uh, I don't want to say violent energy, but kind of urgent and um, uh, not necessarily peace building energy behind it. So that was our challenge from the very beginning. How do we invite um, cooperation from our legislators and from fellow peace groups and people within our own group? How do we uh, work with conflicts in a way that builds peace. Uh, um, I muted you, Nancy, after your phone rang, if you can, if you want to unmute again. Uh, so we could talk about the challenges inherent in that. And um, certainly the Peace Alliance has, you know, put things forth for us to look at. And we've found things on our own as we've found challenges like uh, Center for Nonviolent Communication has been very useful and, and uh, the connection exercise that Kendra did was based on um, Rita Marie Johnson's work that she did in Costa Rica to help bring mm -hmm. about uh, the Department of Peace and Justice there, uh, or the Ministry of Peace and Justice that was established there, one of the first um, ministries or departments of peace building uh, that is in a government and infrastructure. So we've been using that. Ah, there is Beth. She made it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. This is Beth. Hi, Beth. I'm so sorry. Hi. Oh, I'm sorry about this. No worries. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad you could finally join us. I'm guessing the phone you were calling from wasn't a cell phone because I tried texting you the number and that didn't work. 
Yeah, well, the number I called was the number I've always called. When did it change? Yeah, it was just an error for this one email. We had the wrong link on there. Um, so you keep, okay. keep the number that you had, and it will be good again, and we will be very careful not to do this to you again. Okay? I'm Okay, thanks, Karen. You're welcome. So we're just starting the discussion uh, portion of the call. Uh, talking about uh, what we've learned and the challenges and being, being the change we wish to see in the world as we campaign for the department that will um, uh, create a stronger infrastructure to maintain peace, a lasting peace. Laura was waving. Oh, from January the 6th. <laughs> well, that, that, that's a demonstration of the lack of. <laughs> Oh, yes. Building and I didn't hear you quite well. Yeah, yeah. No, so just that's what we've been in the campaign from the beginning to work um, for peace uh, by being peace. Um, and Laura, it looked like you had something to say about that. Yeah, well, I was listening to what everybody was saying and I was thinking, you know, it's an interesting link about the 20th anniversary and that we still... So that uh, whole journey for people, whether it's been continuous or, you know, phasing in and out, and then how that interconnects with the fact that we still have embedded trauma that is on the agenda to possibly talk about. And so I was thinking, why? Like, why is the, why is it not, um, I don't know. I just was thinking, why? What? What is all that about? And then Nancy was talking about the economics of peace, and I was thinking, well, you know, how do those three, the the need for a Department of Peace building, but it hasn't happened quite yet, and still embedded trauma, and then economics, and maybe there's some kind of a link there. So I think, you know, economics is something that people can when you when you put things in terms of money, especially in our culture, people can sometimes relate to the need better. So I'm interested to see what Nancy comes up with and if that study or research that you're doing around the numbers, because maybe that's something we could emphasize a little more to help people really grasp, you know, why this is important and you know, how much money we're spending on war and how that could be better allocated to, you know, something that, as Kathy was saying, is very growth promoting and fostering, you know, a different kind of culture. Um, well, Charlie's doing the laboring uh, or on that that particular flyer, but um, the one that Kendra and I just created has a little small section on why why violence is costly and why peace is priceless. And um, I'll just read you one of the things, uh, a couple of the things that Kendra uh, sent to me. Um, every hour, U.S. taxpayers pay three, uh, $32.08 million for the total cost of wars since 2001. Um, and there are 10,000 hate crimes involving guns in the United States every year. And then there's, on the flip side, there's, there's lots of evidence and studies that show uh, violence prevention um, saves much, much more than the cost of, of the, you know, of the violence in the first place. So, um, and, and then we put in some actual numbers, but those are just a couple of the points we made. Um, I think those, those are really good and, and like I can really grasp that. It gives me something to really um, hold on to, I guess. And also I was thinking when you were talking, I was thinking about um, Dot Neighbor has that um, initiative called Global Silent Minute. And last year they did a tribute. It was the 75th anniversary of the bombing of Hiroshima and uh, they had some very moving tributes. Um, they had people from all over the world and particularly they had um, 
people, families from that area who had survived coming forward and telling their stories. And you could see how the trauma not only was embedded, but passing through the generations and the pain that continued was um, really moving to hear that. So um, I don't know, I was just thinking about that while you were talking that there's a legacy, I guess, of the trauma too. So you think of all these wars and the money we're spending on the wars and maybe people, some people are profiting from that, but there's not only the embedded trauma, but the legacy of the trauma that flows down through the generations and doesn't get healed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so there's, there, there may be a short-term financial gain, but long-term unhealed trauma that gets created. And I don't know how to, you know, shift people's mindset around that because people are, especially in the Western culture, you know, money is like survival in so many ways. Even if you've got a stockpile of it, I think people, it's so ingrained in people that, you know, it's, it's ego in some ways, but it's also survival. So, yeah, interesting to um, look at that. And that, that's really um, more of a, an interpretation or experience, because I remember this, I worked at a bank when I was in my early twenties and talking about, you know, the, the evils of money and so forth. And my banker boss told me, you know, money in and of itself has no um, meaning to it. It's really just an exchange of energy. So we ascribe meaning to it. Um, and certainly if people are in survival rather than thriving mode, that's, that's the meaning that they have to, to money or, or prosperity or so forth. It's either a lack or an abundance um, so part of, I think, the, the shift from a culture of violence to a culture of peace is also a shift um, from the uh, uh, survival or uh, to abundance mentality or shortage to abundance mentality and, and also power with rather than power over, you know, so a lot of that trust issues, which goes back to trauma. Uh, the thing that really is heartening me lately is in the context of Black Lives Matter, they're dealing with some of that multi-generational. It's getting into the more mainstream discussion, news programs and so forth about the multi-generational um, aspects of the trauma of slavery and, and the institutional racism that we've had. And that's, that's true of any kind of um, oppression or act of violence, um, you know, is war or, or anything where someone is not treated like truly uh, as a valued human being. So every, yeah. mm -hmm. every aspect that we've done that uh, as individuals and as groups of people have left behind some type of trauma to be healed. And uh, one good phrase is hurt people hurt people. So that adds to the violence. If they're not actively healing it, there many people perpetuate it more. And, and then we just have this cycle that we've been repeating and, and not having enough intervention in. So yeah. And I know there's part of the bill, I think that addresses like, what, you know, how can the Department of Peace Building go in after wars and provide supplemental support um, I know some people have said that the, the Defense Department is doing some things, but I'm not sure how well they're doing some things because, for example, uh, the woman who cut my hair, her son, who cuts my hair, her son um, went to war. And mm -hmm. just a couple of years ago, he was, I think he was stationed in Eastern Europe or something, or maybe it was Afghanistan. He got shipped out there. I can't remember, but he, he did see a lot of active combat and stuff. And he came back and he was trying to get adjusted to a new life and was not getting the support that he needed. And he got a job. His family helped him get a job and an apartment. And uh, his mother and his sister 
we're going down to visit him and go out for an evening. And they texted him and said, we're on our way. And they didn't hear back from him right away until they texted again, we're on our way. And they got to his door and started knocking on his door, still no answer, no text, no nothing. And the sister, uh, I think had a second set of keys or something. Anyway, she went, walked in, she got her, you know, got in the door and walked in and found he, that he had blown the brains out all over the apartment. So, you know, he didn't get the support that he needed after coming back from combat and he could not, within a year of coming back, he couldn't adjust. And so you think about, you know, there's embedded trauma in how we inflict violence through the generations and stuff, but also just the people that we lose because they can't, they turn the trauma in on themselves. Yeah. If, if I may, I also, I would like to add something there because what happens, we are in a, a society that we always thrive uh, when we define success for who had more. Or, and then we had those wars that we are fighting. And it's all this embedded in our system and our uh, uh, structural violence, our system is has embedded the violence. And if you notice, uh, the Department of Defense is the largest employer of the world. And, and we want to promote peace. And, and most of us, many of us, uh, or not myself, but I, I started as a former military myself. I'm, I'm a former military myself. And that was the only opportunity I had because the society wasn't giving me any other opportunities. Uh, my parents couldn't send me to college and I saw the opportunity to enlist in the, in the military, in the Navy. And, and with that, work my way up into better opportunities in life. And that happened with people, they are blue colors. They see the, the children, the best opportunity is to enlist in the military, go to war. Hopefully they won't get killed, get come back and take advantage of the benefit they provide them, the seat they provide them when they come back. But without taking in consideration PTSD, amputees and, and any of that. So in order for us to build peace, we need to understand the structural violence that our system has embedded and change it through policy. And the Department of Peace Building is the best opportunity we have. And, and that's where I, I jump on it and the opportunity they can open the door for me as my supervisor when I was doing my internship. I think it's a great opportunity now more than ever, we need to continue working towards the peace building, uh, uh, Department of Peace Building. Uh, you all been on this for many years. I just, just came over a few months ago and, and I understand structural violence. I understand uh, racism. I understand uh, discrimination. I've been on the, at, at the end of the stick every single time, but I don't take it. I continue working, I continue moving forward. And sometimes I face discrimination or racism with irony and with a smile and not thinking the, I'm better. They're just thinking they are looking for an opportunity to do better. And, and right now, everybody go to the stream and we are, uh, uh, explaining any conflict with just a, a sentence like Black Lives Matter or defund police without continuing what that means. So people take it at the face value that sentence and then start creating more conflict. So what we have to do is continue this, is create more community mediation centers or, com or, or more communities and start those that have the opportunity to learn in one way or another and be in a position that we are today, educating that community where we are around or surrounding us about our own personal experience without having to impose ourselves, but rather with the intention to share our uh, living experiences. And that's what I, I'm, I'm doing here in Georgia. I'm working on that and created, I already created community mediation center here 
and I'm working in all the, uh, you know, the administrative administrative part, the, you know, board director, advisory board, and so on. But uh, I think that's what you are all have a rich experience in life. So that we need to go out and reach out at the local level, at the local level to create the right grassroots and push and enforce those uh, representative our in the districts to do better. Because if we don't push them, and the only way to push them is as a constituent with the election. This is election time. If you don't do what you promise, we're gonna change who you are, uh, your position. You're not gonna long, be longer in that position. We're gonna do whatever it takes. So we need to force them with grassroots. And, and I believe we have to reach out close at the local level to make a difference at the national level. That's something that I wanted to add because I, I know the embedded system, the structure of violence, did a study about it. And it's there, you don't even notice, especially I don't mean to offend nobody, but the fact that you, I'm, I'm a brown person, I have seen it, I have lived it, I've been part of it and without even knowing. And you, because you have the, uh, the, the fact that you are white, you haven't probably experienced what I have experienced. So, uh, but I don't say this with intention to offend, uh, to the contrary, uh, to learn, to unify our ideas, because we don't recognize sometimes discrimination because we're so used to sometimes. And yeah, even myself being uh, Hispanic, sometimes I, uh, without realizing I'm talking about all, all Mexican or all Hondurans, like they are another class. So that's what we had to kind of uh, do in an internal review of our behavior and our comments and move, move, move from there, trying to reach out and, 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 and say, I'm sorry when, when we mess up. I mean, I'm, I'm not afraid to do it. Mm. Please go ahead. Yeah. Nancy, did you want to say something? Well, I, I just want to ask Kathy, um, you've been working with, you've been working with trauma and trauma healing. Is there any, are there any commonalities with the work you're doing with individuals that would kind of carry over to the, to our peace building work? Yeah, well, all trauma comes from violence, right? Um, mm -hmm. An example being, and the thing about trauma is that people don't understand it. So then the trauma, uh, the person with trauma gets further victimized. Um, and a, a prime example is the criminal justice system. Uh, youth go into that at a very early age. They're not given the support they need. So they don't thrive and they end up going into prison and that's a violent place. And um, as we, we used to have statistics that stated that for you know, $40,000, you can put a kid through college and give them all the support you need or, and, or you can spend you know, 60 to $80,000 a year, depending on the state, to imprison them. So it is much cheaper to address those issues and stop the trauma, you know, heal the trauma before it gets uh, even further, somebody gets further traumatized. One other example is when kids are experiencing trauma at home um, or you know, through a, another person, they go to school and they act out because that's the trauma showing up. And then they're labeled yeah, a bad yeah. kid, they're punished. Nobody says what happened to you. They just say, why are you there? So there's all sorts of ways to address trauma that are very closely interconnected to, to creating peace. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I just wanna say a little bit, Fernando, we need to, um, have a little bit more conversation and we're going to be doing that this year in different contexts with the committee and, and the campus. Uh, but you touched on what we've talked about from the beginning as well is um, part of a big part of what the Department of Peacebuilding 
uh, would do is give grants to local organizations or government entities or some group that hasn't been identified yet that would be working to implement peace building and violence reduction programs locally. So yeah, the local on the ground is, is essential. And uh, originally we were mm -hmm. in congressional districts uh, and that structure has been uh, um, abandoned or not supported as we've been regrouping uh, with the campaign and the Peace Alliance. And uh, so one of the possibilities that came up about a year or two ago was organizing at the state and the county level. And Fernando, you've talked about regional organizing, which we've talked about in the campaign. Yeah. So um, certainly there's uh, more discussion on how we bring that out. And it's great to hear you're doing that in Georgia. And, and that could be a model for this. And also just acknowledging the River Phoenix Center for Peacebuilding in Florida that some of our former board members uh, started uh, with the idea that it could be replicated around the country as well. And they've been doing a lot with restorative justice and, mm -hmm. and like said, you know, things that are happening in the schools in Chicago, we've had some schools that have taken on restorative practices and peace studies um, and had restorative circles where they do just that and, and ask kids what, what happened when there's been some kind of a, a act of, of violence um, mm -hmm. and find out that the, the person, uh, what we try to stay away from the perpetrator thing, but the actor in violence is often uh, was a previous uh, victim in some way and and that's what fuels the violence going forward and having that kind of yeah. um and help heal the old wounds and and uh with the new person had violence done to them help them understand often mm. the victims just want to know why me why did you do this to me and and it's just they were there uh so that can help them heal a little bit faster completely too I also just want to say hello to Sarah and David who David. joined us in the last few minutes while we were in this conversation and we just don't want to stop talking, but just say hello. <laughs> you guys would like to say hello to us. <laughs> okay. And Laura was waiting to speak. Go ahead. Um, one thing that I was uh, trying to tie a lot of ends together as people are talking, um, one thing that I've been thinking about a lot too, which is relevant to the conversation today is uh, the financial part, the it's the economics and the money and the shift around the mindset of, you know, we make money by war, you know, we've been, a, you know, so warring and, you know, for, you know, I think of my grandmother, all the major men in her life, her father, her husband and her son all went to war. You know, so and the last 20 years, 15 years have just been horrible. And there's something about what money and war that are linked in terms of making profits, corporate profits and things like that. But is there a way that we can shift somehow people's mindset around money so that peace becomes profitable? You know, the, the most the best way to make money is through through peace, through peace behaviors and habits and peace building. And, yeah. you know, because I think there's a certain stigma around, you know, peace. It's like the peace building is, you know, seen as more of a woman's thing than a man's thing. And part of that, I think, has to do with the economics of it. And I remember one of the first, um, uh, monthly things that with Dan that I listened to, there was a woman who was a, a lawyer, but she uh, decided to, she was still practicing law, but she did it as a mediator. She, she styled herself as a mediator, not as a lawyer. And there were people on the call who were lawyers. And after listening to her, I think they were profoundly impacted by the way that she was going. She was working around the world with people and but one lawyer said but do you make any money doing that like somehow that invalidated her whole career because if you have a choice of being you know a more traditional lawyer it's seen as a way of making money and surviving 
or being greedy or whatever, however, you know, however it manifests. So I wonder how we can make peace profitable, you know, more profitable than war. But that's a very systemic change. Exactly. And I think there's, you know, there's multi-generational trauma around that too. Well, you know, I think the more people see programs on the ground working, the more that people will gravitate toward that. So I don't think you necessarily shift consciousness. I think programs working are what shift consciousness. Yeah, I agree. I think when people see that something works and it's the way, you know, that that it can, because when this woman was talking about being a mediator rather than being a lawyer, you could see the lawyers wanted to move in that direction, but they, they needed to know that they would be financially supported that way. So mm -hmm. I agree with you. Once people see that there's a better way, they gravitate toward that. I don't think people want war. Right. Yeah, most. It's kind of the same with the um, fossil fuel industry, that it's been a very, and it continues to be a very slow process once we really got how harmful, you know, in a number of ways uh, it is to, to get our energy from there, to source our energy from there. It's, um, and it was a major part in the, you know, 20. But now, like FedEx stepped up, they just made an announcement a week or two ago that all of their delivery vehicles are going to be electric. So, yeah. Yeah. so we're seeing a lot of progress in these last five to 10 years, almost exponential. So I, I anticipate, and I don't know, we're still working on this. So as we kind of uh, dig in and, and have more examples all over locally and nationally and bring it more to light, which is another function of the Department of Peace Building campaign is to, you know, be kind of a, a clearinghouse or an information of what's happening in the different cities and how other cities can benefit from those same programs that, uh, that we'll see some of that uh, re retrofitting or whatever, you know, so that the, the companies that are making the, the billions or probably trillions of dollars off of more, more products um, can find another thing to do with those products and won't feel as threatened by peace building activities that um, make it uh, the fighter jets not the best product, but maybe there's another product, you know, getting more into space or whatever we're, we're going to do. So finding some other way of them making profits other than on machines that kill. And maybe there's a company that I'll think about this. Maybe there's a company we could approach, a major corporation that's willing, like FedEx, to take a leadership role. And we could approach them and say, you know, are you willing to stand up for peace and peace building? And, you know, somehow, you know, inter or any kind of an organization, maybe, and maybe it's just the UN that can really be very visible, like FedEx, you know, going all electric that if we could find an organization or a corporation or a nonprofit or like the UN who just really stands up for you know okay we're going to be about peace building moving forward and we're going to take a leadership role and it's high profile and that really then you know a lot of people then move behind it and they become kind of trendsetters and uh, I, I don't know what we can do with that idea but well, with the new approach that President Biden is taking and Ford is taking with uh, changing the the truck, the most uh, famous truck, F-150, that now is going electric, um, it will be, make a big difference in the use of gasoline. It, they are selling billions of a year on that track in the last for the last 10 years so if we get if the goal of president biden and for to to change that to electric it will be make a huge difference in in the in the fuel uh using the fuel so the carbon monoxide footprint is going to definitely decrease in, in a few years or maybe, like, mm -hmm, maybe we could do like a public-private kind of uh, 
you know, alliance where if we could find a, a corporation aligned mm -hmm. with some of, the, of our co-sponsors where the corporation would, would, you know, get aligned to peace building and what we're doing and, and maybe roll it out in their organization, some of the things we want to do or sponsor schools to, you know, we, we would have to look at the different parts of the bill, but you know, like Fernando is saying, where there might be an opportunity for a public-private kind of alliance that would a major organization along with some uh, co-sponsors where some, you know, there's a significant leadership uh, step forward that's very high profile. Hello? 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 Who just joined us? Hello? Well, I have, I've been muted for a long time. This is Pat. Oh, you're back. Okay. Sorry, Pat. I've, I've been wanting to talk about the systematic violence because Fernando was talking about that. And, and I think that you're mostly, from, most of you are familiar with Alan G. Johnson and his book on gen, the gender not unraveling our patriarchal legacy. And I have his, um, his uh, email, his, his website is agjohnson.us. That's his website, and you'll get lots and lots of information on education about reducing violence, and reducing the system, systematic violence, is what we have to be doing. Right. And I, I think, Pat, you had a, a quote that we could use Maybe. I did. I did have a quote for oh, you. Oh, <laughs> we are a minute over time. Yes, it's time for the quote. <laughs> I could. I don't have it in front. I don't have it in front of me. I'm not sure I can remember. I don't have it in front of me. A fish would oh, no more. A fish would no more question water than we question society. <laughs> and that's Alan G. Johnson. And he has died. And so some of us are working really hard to keep his legacy going because he was an important mentor to the Department mm. of Peace Campaign. Yeah, I think that the quote, if I remember right, is, is a, a fish would never discover, well, that's not right, but discover water. And just as people will not discover society. Society, something like that. But that was Alan G. Johnson. But if you go on his website, you'll see lots of wonderful stuff. agjohnson.us. That's his website. And of course, he is dead. He's died. Thanks, Pat. Great. Thank, Thank you. Thanks. And uh, we've got Harlan Johnson joining us from, are you still in the Rockford area, Harlan? Yes, I am. Yeah. Just as we're actually two minutes of call time, we we started an hour ago, but it's good to see your face. It's been a while. Yeah. Person from Illinois. So is any, will it's time to conclude the call. Would anybody like to say anything else before <laughs> we end? You recorded it. Will you be sending the uh, link to the recording out? Uh, yes, I can send that to you. It's, it will be on the uh, Department of Peacebuilding page as well, the link to the, uh, the podcast. Thank you. And then they're in chronological order. Uh, this is Beth, and I'd like to know where uh, things are at as far as what, you know, Congress and where Congress and the Senate are at, you know, with uh, um, the uh, with the the um, you know with. With uh, Bill, with our building for peace. Okay, for the Department of Peace bill. We've yeah, got the Department of Peace. Okay. I just have a lot on my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah, because the bill was just recently reintroduced in the last couple of months. Where we've got nineteen co-sponsors right now, a couple of new ones, and and not yet all of the prior co-sponsors back up. So we're still trying to get them administratively back on the bill. We're in the house uh, as we have been for uh, the, 
the most recent history and uh, we don't have a bill in the Senate right now. You don't. Okay. Yeah, I would think, you know, we would have one because we've got more Democrats in the Senate. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to be working on it. That's for sure. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, because I think what we got, the people that we won in Georgia are going to make a big difference. Bess, we've actually had discussions with um, Senator Warnock's office. Um, hoping he will do that, but um, oh, good. But no commitments yet. It's a big commitment. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you all for joining. I hope you come back again next month, third Wednesdays. Oh, definitely. Third Wednesday, Wednesday at seven. And does the uh, does the link change each month, or is it the same? It's it's usually the same. We we uh, made an error and put the wrong link in uh, tonight's today's email, and we will not do that again. So it will go back to the old link. <laughs> yes. Will it go back to the old phone number? Yes. Yeah. Oh, what, here, Karen. Should I just call you for the old phone number? Uh, you could have it in your book. I'm going to stop the recording.